Blog Talk Radio. We are the heirs of that first revolution. Will a strong and united America still be a force for freedom and prosperity around the world? America has created the longest peacetime economic expansion in our history. We are the heirs of that first revolution. Good common sense and sound judgment of the American people and their essential love of justice. Hi, welcome to Kudzu Vine for November 4th, 2018, our last show before midterm elections 2018. I'm your host, David McLaughlin. Joining me as always, welcome Catherine Smith. Greetings from Atlanta and brief home of Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome Tim Shiflett. Good evening, sir. All right. Uh, Big, big week. Uh, It seems like this year's midterms uh, have more going on than the average midterms for whatever reason. I don't think that one's just me. Um, Just to kind of set our show up, here in about 20 minutes, we've got a really exciting guest, Sonia Van Meter, uh, who is a political consultant out of Texas and who is heading the Fire Ted Cruz Pack that has probably produced the best commercials of the cycle. Um, she'll be our guest here in about 20 minutes, so real excited about that. So we're going to stay away from Texas. We're not going to mess with it the first 20 minutes, and then we're <laughs> going to get into it. Um, but, but, guys, first thing I want to talk about is what happened this week um, on a national level uh, with basically Donald Trump giving his um, – closing argument and it can pretty much be summed up into uh one term and that's racial fear uh Catherine, uh there were some things he tweeted there was a video uh what are your thoughts he's desperate i think i think they're all desperate i think they're just trying to go trying to scare everyone into you know keeping the republicans in power and i don't think it's being it's very effective that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, because while he may generate some fear out of his base to where they show up, um, Latino voters, which, you know, just a few weeks ago, or you know, there was articles, do the Democrats have a Latino problem? He's probably firing them up even more in the direction against him. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword here he's playing with. Uh, Tim, your thoughts? Uh, you know... He thinks that talk of the economy is boring, um, which he should be <laughs> touting. But he he seriously does not believe it would fire up his base to vote. He thinks that they would find it boring. Um, and therefore... He believes the way to gin them up is with visions of invaders, you know, brown-skinned foreigners coming to take everything that we hold dear. And uh, so he, he he's betting the farm on two things, I think, the, the Supreme Court and illegal immigration. I believe he thinks this is what is going to get his vote out. I believe he thinks this is what is going to save the Senate, hold the losses down at elsewhere. Um, 
I mean, it sows racial division, that sort of thing. But he's just doubling down on these vicious attacks against everyone that opposes him, and uh, he's just betting it all on this strategy. So um, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's safe really to say he really isn't working on his legacy uh, by any means. Um, and talk about that video – there were so many clips of this one individual from Arizona. I don't really remember the case, but the guy was just so brazen in court. But, I mean, that's what you call a sociopath. And, unfortunately, uh-huh. all races of people um, have those individuals. I mean, there's Jeffrey Dahmer, there's Wayne Williams, and nobody would say that Dahmer uh, represents all white people and Wayne Williams doesn't represent all black people. And that individual in no way represents all Latino people. And anybody with half a lick of good sense ought to be able to figure out that that one individual is a sociopath, and that really doesn't have anything to do with this caravan or uh, people coming from other countries. Uh, I mean, that's just nonsense uh, to to try to use that as some kind of tactic. Uh, Catherine? I'm really just really surprised that um, he's not talking about the economy. I mean, I, I, I don't um, – I'm not convinced that the economy is as strong as everybody else's, but um, it's just really surprising. It's the first time ever that a, a president who uh, has a strong economic message isn't talking about it in the midterms. It's really kind of surprising. And I guess he thinks it's yeah. boring or, or, or he thinks this other stuff is more more – effective I, i'm i'm not i just it's just surprising to me Don't yeah and, and really the candidates underneath uh, it are running on it um and so it's just the whole right. republican party uh karen handel i mean she i've seen a lot of her congressional mm-hmm. ads um and she's not running on it um so i i don't know why either they think that maybe people mm-hmm. realize that it's a lot of president obama's doing or uh, as they say that this economic recovery and and robustness is really pretty uneven. It's really in, in big cities, which tend to be more democratic, they're feeling it. And then in um, Republican rural areas, they're really still kind of stagnant. So maybe some of the people well, bears that out. Kim, have you heard anything? Well, uh, here's where I think they're making their mistake. Now, this is from a Fox News poll. And they ask, what are the most important issues going into these congressional elections in particular? Immigration's number four. Donald Trump doesn't even top the list, even though he wants to be the focus. Uh, He's number three. The economy's number two. And Catherine? You'll appreciate this. Healthcare is number one. Of course. Why the, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, he, he really is betting on, on his base saving him. Just, he, he's, he's replaying the 2016 election. And like this fellow you talked about, here's what's interesting about him is, is, uh, he was shipped out of the country while Bill Clinton was president. 
and he came back in while Bush was president. So my question there is, why are they showing this commercial? What has it got to do with Democrats besides, you know, nothing? Uh, uh, they they just don't want anybody to go and, and find it. Of course, you know, I mean, I mean, somebody like Rachel Maddow found it within 30 seconds and mentioned it the other night. So uh, I, I, I really think they're making a mistake here, but I think he's – don't you think he's running the whole campaign now about the Senate? I mean, just just looking at where he's 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 going, like this stop this that he added in Tennessee. He's been up to Missouri. He's been up to Montana. Uh, shockingly, curiously, not out to Arizona, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. But don't you think that's Trump's focus now is to try to yeah, save absolutely. the Senate? Well, and he said that. that, but I mean, part of that I think he knows he's, that they're going to lose the House. He doesn't want to get blamed for the House. The Senate could actually be, you know, one. They're going to lose a lot of governors' mansions, um, mm-hmm. irregardless of how the Senate goes. And so I guess he can then claim a win. Oh yeah, I focused on that, and we pulled it out right. for, you know, and Marsha and Ted and you know wherever else he thinks he can, you know, flip the vote. And, and so. That he he wants to avoid blame. Um, also, I mean, I guess if he can work on state races and then kind of nest, which I mean, I guess he it would probably been smarter for him to visit some Republican bastion if they thought it would have helped between Rob Woodall and Karen Handel's district to help Brian Kemp instead of going to Macon. But uh, maybe they thought he would hurt Brian Kemp there and hurt Karen Handel and hurt Rob Woodall. Who knows? Um, but but since I mentioned Georgia, it is that time, that last show, where we begin to make predictions, and we have got a slew of races, and we probably just won't necessarily flip a coin and pick one. We'll want to say something. So before we get into um, Texas and our guests, well, let's see what we can get on Georgia. And, and I want to make one little comment overarching, because uh, you're going to see a theme throughout my predictions. Um, to me – I remember Virginia, the polls were off, and everything pushed towards Democrats. We feel like we're in a better position today nationally, by and large, than I thought we were in Virginia. And I think we're going to see a lot of that trend where the polling was off by five points roughly. And so that's going to kind of be an overarching thing. So I just wanted to say that now so I don't have to then, in the middle of it, explain myself. Um, Catherine? Let's just start off at the top. Uh, tell us about the governor's race, and if you want to move into any more races, feel free. Well, I think it's going to be Abrams by about three points. That's my uh, – after thinking about it and watching some of the um, news shows this morning and just sort of reviewing some of the information I have, I think we're going to have Abrams by three points. We're just talking about Georgia. Yes, we'll stay on Georgia right now. Okay. So the only um, other races that – well, I have one, I, I do think Charlie Bailey is going to win uh, attorney general. I think his ads have been really good, and um, Icar looks uh, like he's grasping at straws to try to come up with a reason why he should be um, continue to be attorney general. I um, – this is a little bit of a long shot, but I'm going to say that I think that House District 7 is going to go Democratic to Bordeaux. 
But I think Handel's going to hold six. Okay. And those and, are my and only any other predictions. To... I'm not. No, I'm not really. I'm not really. I'm having a hard time with the other constitutional officers. Um, so I, I, I don't really have any predictions on those. Yeah. Well, and you have, and and no, no runoffs. You think there'll be any runoffs? No, no runoffs in Georgia. No. Yeah. Okay. And and our guest a few weeks ago, Sarah Rigsamico. Any thoughts there? Um, I don't really want to talk about Sarah Rigsamico. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Well, t- Tim, uh, what what you want to talk about? Well, I just give you an overview. First of all, I I, I can't. I can't do anything but go by the polling data that we have available uh, and the early voting figures that we have available, which are very impressive, by the way. I'm not going to compare us to Virginia because I believe Virginia at this point in time, or they have been recently in voting trends, have been about eight points more Democratic than Georgia. So I don't think it's really fair of me to think that we're going to do what Virginia did, although I would dearly love for that to happen. The governor's <laughs> And race, that was on national level, what I'm saying. Nationally. Yeah. Not just Georgia. Yeah. I mean, the whole wave. Uh, Tim, okay. go ahead. Uh, the, the, the governor's race, 538 has it less than one point, real clear politics has it about a point. Uh, we're looking at one of the candidates having less than 48% and the other one having uh, about 47% with maybe 3% undecided. I'm saying we're going to have a runoff in that race. Down ballot, I believe the Democrats will lose all the other races close unless John Barra pulls his race out. I believe he stands a very good chance of doing so. I believe that the Republicans win in CD7, and just for the heck of it, I'm going to call a, being it's just a pure toss-up, I'm going to call an upset in the six, and McGrath wins there. That's what I got. Yeah, and and it's funny, guys. I think I was the first one and the hardest one on the runoff. And I really do think that based on this being a tie, because if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, not, I'm not talking just about Virginia uh, going towards Democrats. If I'm not mistaken, um, Democrats in 2014, a bad Democratic year, actually did better than the polls. Um, the, I think Hillary Clinton may have done better than the polls, so – there usually seems to be a little bit of a trend. So if Stacey Abrams exceeds her polls, she may get 50.1. I mean, it one of those days where it's going to be, you know, Brian Kemp's just hoping for a runoff. The margin of victory will be whatever Ted Metz gets, if it's two points, if it's three. I mean, whatever Ted Metz will be the margin of victory because I think Stacey Abrams won't get much more over 50. It'll be 50 point something. But I think she's going to win with a, without a runoff. Um, and I really didn't think I'd be saying that a month ago, maybe even two weeks ago. But the, the polls have tightened to where if they, they are off by how many of her points, that's going to push forward um, to be her margin. Um, Tim, I do agree with you that I think the Democrat that's probably going to have the most, uh, that's going to win the easiest, if you will, or have the best night, John Barrow, because I think over in his old district, 
you'll probably be able to find some Barrow Kemp voters, um, and those folks will probably have him run ahead because everybody else will pretty much vote Kit one way or the other, or there'll be a lot of that. Um, so I think I think you're right that he's going to have the best night of anybody um, just because of his history in his old district. Um, I think there'll be a runoff somewhere. I'd have to see where the Republicans are. Um, the lieutenant governor's race to me is going to be a really interesting one to watch because uh, Sarah Rigsamico, for being a kind of a novice coming in, um, she seems to be doing pretty well. The polling showed her maybe just slightly behind Stacey Abrams, and I think Jeff Duncan was slightly behind Brian Kemp. They had a lot of undecided, so if the um, you know the undecideds break the same way as the governor's race, then it's probably going to fall in. But maybe with a libertarian, with a libertarian, that ends up being the runoff. Not sure. Now on those congressional races, um, I saw that poll and I was absolutely shocked that Lucy McBath is just pretty much neck and neck with Karen Handel. Um, and so to me, if one of them's going to flip, that's going to be the one to flip. Uh, but, and I guess because there hasn't been a poll a while, in a while, the poll that it showed, Rob Woodall actually had more of a lead on Carolyn Bordeaux than um, this latest polling we saw. And so that's kind of where I am on that, that race. And one thing I do find interesting is if both of those Republicans survive, I think the Republican Party is going to want to protect Karen Handel over Rob Woodall. Now, if Rob Woodall could somehow survive, I think then he may be the beneficiary of a very Republican district, much more so than his purple district is right now. Um, because I think the Republicans are going to make a bargain where they go in and say, okay, we each can have one of these and we can make it to where, you know, each party can win one of these suckers pretty easily because that seems to be kind of their modus operandi. And if it's a split government with the governor's mansion being one party and the legislature being another, there are going to be compromises made. So I think that's going to be fascinating with those two races. Um, does anybody want to comment on anybody else's prediction real quickly before we start moving on to Texas here in a little while? Tim? No. <laughs> Everybody's got their <laughs> opinion. No, that's Everybody's okay. Everybody's got their opinion. Yeah, I do, yeah. I well, and I don't question. think we were way I, off. Do you think that yeah, ahead, um, her, you know, she's been up on TV for quite a while, and um, I, I do think that her story is good. Do you think that plays into this at all, that because she's got that, you know, her son was, was shot and then she has a um she for the most part she's been very positive uh talking about you know jobs and health care and do you think that that helped her do you think that helped her being up on tv and being more positive i, I guess it hadn't hurt her that her story was good so it must have been seem likable. And I think all that nonsense about she has cars registered in Tennessee, I don't think there's much there there. I noticed that a lot of Republican insiders seem to want to point to that. Um, I, I don't know that... It, to me, it seems like Carolyn Bordeaux almost would be a better fit for Georgia 6 than she is for Georgia 7, um, and, and vice versa. Um, so it's kind of a, a weird deal there. But I, I just think that for some reason, that district's more never Trumpers, Republicans that have kind of moved over. And the only way they can say, you know, to express their displeasure for Donald Trump is to vote Karen Handel out. 
Um, so yeah, I, I get that. that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a lot of it. And, and her ads. I want we'll, while we're on this, let's mention her ads real quick. Uh, she has actually run against um, really any kind of new health care, if you will. It, it was her, her ad that I saw today. It just struck me, and I think I, I saw another one. It's all, you know, don't change our health care, no government-run health care, you know, health care the way you had it in the 70s and you liked it. Um, doesn't matter that health care is too expensive for everybody. Let's just keep it the way it is. And I thought that was kind of um, – you know, really not a very forward-thinking message because pretty much everybody, irregardless of any other demographic uh, characteristic, health care costs are too expensive for them. Um, well, let me go ahead and switch gears, and like we promised, we're going to move on to Texas, <laughs> and we want to welcome to the Kudzu Vine for the first time, Miss Sonia Van Meter. Welcome. Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? Doing good. Yeah, well, um, two more Sonya, days. before we start... <laughs> <laughs> yep, getting close. Um, before we get Amen. started, good. Uh, yes, yeah, j- just go ahead and give us your uh, bio and tell us about yourself. Yeah, so uh, my name is Sonia Van Meter. I am an opposition researcher. My firm is called Stanford Campaigns. We are based in Austin, Texas, but we work uh, races all over the country, top to bottom of the ballot. Uh, we're here to elect some Democrats to office, and that's what we do. Good deal. And uh, from my understanding, in addition to Stanford campa- uh, Stafford campaigns you're running, uh, you've got a little pack you started um, recently, and it, it's made a little bit of national attention. Uh, tell us about that. Right. So uh, we are officially called FTC PAC. Um, and we, we, we tell people that that stands for For Texas Change. But uh, given that our, our mission, we had one mission and one mission only, and that was to fire Ted Cruz. So the sort of evolution of the name, you know, becomes kind of obvious. Yeah, so we, um, we spent some time and some money uh, going up against Ted Cruz, trying to convince the good people, the good voters of Texas, that they have better options for the United States Senate. And uh, we were fortunate enough to partner up with um, uh, renowned Texas uh, director Richard, Richard Linklater, he, uh, he did a series of ads for us starring uh, a character from one of his films, a, a film called Bernie. If y'all haven't seen it, it's really fantastic. He brought back one of his characters from Bernie and uh, turned him into a character uh, for us. And, uh, yeah, it's got a little news. It's been out there a bit. Yeah, and, and Sonia, I'm just going to be honest. That that just sounds really mean-spirited. <laughs> you want to fire Ted Cruz. You want to lose his job. <laughs> I, I want you to promise if Beto O'Rourke takes his job from him, that you will do all you can to set him up with a White Castle <laughs> franchise in the city of his choosing in Texas. You know what? I think that's a fabulous idea, and I'm committing to that idea right now. Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, you come find me. You lose this election, we'll get you started with a, with a White Castle franchise. I guarantee I'll make it happen. <laughs> hey, I'm a problem solver. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> seriously, just uh, I'm like, why not a Godfather's pizza? <laughs> hey, that, that's, that's, uh, that's Herman Cain. Quit infringing on our guy. That's Herman. He's got that truck stop in, in Villa Rica we talked about. Um, well, let, let, Sonia, one more question. We'll pass it to Catherine and Tim for more Texas things. But just kind of give us um, just an overview of where you think that um, Senate race stands. 
So uh, this is really exciting. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of polling release and a lot of, you know, rumors flying about how this race is going. Polling's been all over the map. We've seen crews up by as many as nine points. We've seen them tied neck and neck. I even saw one poll a couple, couple days ago that had Beto up by a point. Um, now, the tough thing is that, you know, right now is when a lot of people are, 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 make, are finally making their decisions. For the people like me who eat, live, and breathe politics, you know, we've been, we've been following this for, for months now. But, um, you know, the trouble with polling is that you can't, you can't track this close to the election when, when a lot of people are just now starting to really pay attention. Um, and on top of that, you have got unprecedented uh, voter turnout in this election for a midterm election. And on top of that, you've got a, like an incredible number of prime voters coming out of the woodwork and there, there's no party affiliation. They're voting in general elections. A lot of them don't have a Republican or a democratic primary vote to their name. Um, so, I mean, I, I hate to be boring, but it's sort of anyone's guess right now. However, I'm going to go on the record here. I'm feeling optimistic and maybe it's just cause I've got the, the sheer, you know, white, hot, dark, however, it's blink lighter behind me. But I think Beto's going to squeak this one out. I think he is. Okay. Well, then you're the person in the know, so that's good to hear. I'm going to pass it to Catherine <laughs> and then Tim for questions. And if there ends up being a little more time, I may ask one at the end. Catherine? So, hey, thank you so much for being on tonight. I know you must be – have like a, the longest to-do list of anyone on this show tonight. So we appreciate your time. <laughs> Are I you kidding me? No, my my under- to-do list is basically laundry. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm done. I'm <laughs> tapping out for this election. I can't handle anymore. I'm going to go see a movie. I'm going to go on a trip. Yeah. I'm good. Fire away. Um, I agree with you. I actually, we did our predictions and um, I did put O'Rourke as a win for Texas, which I am very excited about. Um, I'm Do hoping not. that my predictions are all correct because that's why we do them. Um, <laughs> I just want, I always ask about um, the party, the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. and how strong it is in any state and how it, how it is um, contributing or not contributing to the success of, a, of any individual candidate. So can you comment on that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so in years past, I know that the uh, the Texas Democratic Party has, has gotten a little flack um, for being a little thin, um, lacking in infrastructure, lacking in organization, um, things of that nature. But um, you know, I can I can tell you personally from the last couple of years, and I don't I don't actually do a ton of work with the state party, but you know, of course, we're all in the same universe. I'm friends with them. I know them. Um, they have really, really beefed up their system in the last couple of years. Um, now, part of that has to do with the fact that there are just quite simply more Democrats in Texas. Um, you know, places like Austin, Houston, Dallas, we're seeing this incredible uptick in, in population density. And, you know, these people are coming from, well, California uh, and New York and, and all sorts of, um, you know, more urban areas, uh, which tend to kind of trend uh, Democratic. So, you know, the, the, uh, the suburbs and the exurbs are getting bigger and broader and bluer. Um, and, you know, to, to, the, to the TDP's party, you know, they're, they're doing their best to kind of catch up. You know, they're recruiting volunteers. They're recruiting more talent. They've gotten really good at recruiting um, candidate talent. Uh, now, Lord knows we had a big, a big whopper of a, of a, of a help with that in 2016 when, when Trump won. You know, that, that set into motion yeah, all kinds that, of candidates running for office. I'm going to um, say that I think that 
a lot of Democratic parties are feeling um, stronger because of Trump. You know, he was he has been a great instigator for more oh, yeah. engagement with parties and organizations and everything. So. Yeah, for sure. I don't I don't know that anything's galvanized. Uh, you know, the Democrats quite like Donald J. Trump. I mean, like, Democrats would, would just assume eat their young than uh, concede to being wrong or incorrect about anything. We love fighting with each other more than I think we like fighting with Republicans. Um, but when it comes <laughs> to Donald J. Trump, um, like, if you want to talk about a great unifier, I, I am seeing some really, really awesome unity. Uh, you know, even after some really contentious primaries here in Texas, um, you know, everyone's coming together because I, I feel like the, the, the party as a whole understands that <laughs> the stakes are really high these days. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm proud of the party. They've, they've done a lot well, of work in the last couple of years and really built up their brand. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. So I'm going to pass it to Tim. If it comes back around, I might have another question. Thanks so, again so much awesome. for being on. My pleasure. Well, good evening, Miss Van Meter, and thank you for being with us tonight. Um, I did want pleasure. to uh, mention one thing. You guys were talking about setting crews up in a pretty cushy job. I had some <laughs> thoughts earlier that because of his knowledge of Canada, we could set him up in a wilderness camp on Hudson Bay with no electricity. I, I think that would just be a, a beautiful gig for the guy. But um, anyway, um, while the Senate race seems to be tightening considerably, the governor's race down there is not close enough at all. What, what do you think's the disconnect in those two races? I think the disconnect is that, that Beto has what, uh, what I like to call Elvis in him. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's charming. He's fun to watch. He's charismatic. He's got, he's got a little bit of rock star. And, uh, and I, I, I love Beto. I've met him. He's a, he's a wonderful guy. But he's also kind of nerdy. And I feel like the state of Texas, or the Democrats in the state of Texas, owe the, the Texas GOP a debt of gratitude. Because, honest to God, the GOP did more to make Beto O'Rourke look cool than Beto could possibly have done for himself. Um, <laughs> you know, they gave every time they took to Twitter, to social media, to try to make him look awful, like, you know, posting a picture of his mugshot from his, from his DUI so many years ago. You know, it didn't, it didn't help that the Beto was a good-looking man back then, and he kind of looked like that, that bad boy that all the girls kind of, you know, lusted after in high school. You know, that, sli- that, that slightly bad boy but still approachable kind of guy that everybody wanted to make out with at a party. That's what they turned Beto into. And then they gave him flack for, for being in a punk band and for, and for <laughs> skateboarding and for eating Whataburger. Like, what is wrong with you, GOP? I thought for sure we'd manage to slip somebody onto their payroll because I could not have told you what they were doing. I have no idea. Yeah. But the problem here is that, that you know, people like, like Lupe and, and Mike Collier and all these other wonderful people that are running for office in, uh, statewide in Texas, you know, they, they don't have the star power. And they certainly don't have the money. I mean, Beto is bringing money in hand over fist. I mean, he's practically printing it. And so he's got, you know, all this communication, all this ability to communicate with voters that the other candidates just don't. So, I mean, um, it's, it's – yeah, so, no, I'm so, sorry. So that's pretty much all I As far as, as – uh, that actually segues into my next question. Um, right. I was going to ask about down ballot. Democrats, mm-hmm. do you think that Beto O'Rourke is helping down ballot Dems in Texas, or, or is he kind of because of the Elvis factor that you 
as you mentioned, is he kind of taking up all the air in the room and actually not helping down ballot Dems? So I think when it comes to the, the sort of statewide conversation, he's definitely sucking up all the oxygen in the room. Um, uh-huh. But that doesn't change the fact that if you turn out to check the box for Beto, you know, you're also getting probably a ton of mail and a ton of uh, TV ads and a ton of digital ads directed at you as well, um, whether it's from the state party or outside PACs or other candidates. Somebody somewhere is probably trying to tell you something. So, you know, if Beto can get them to the polls, there's a very good chance that they're just going to go ahead and say, you know what, I like this Beto guy. He's a Democrat. Let's see what this straight ticket action looks like. Um, mm-hmm. On the other hand, we may see we may see a lot of split tickets, and uh, and that's kind of where my money is because I mean the, you know the buzz here on the ground is a lot of Republicans, uh, classic conservative Republicans are kind of tired of Ted Cruz, but they're not ready to give up on the brand as a whole. Um, so mm-hmm. you know it's, it, I, I hate to be noncommittal on that, but we're just gonna kind of have to see you know how the chips fall on Tuesday in terms of whether Beto is really helping or hurting down ballot races. Mm-hmm. But I've got to ask about one down-ballot race in particular just between us political junkies because Pete Sessions is a guy we all love to hate. I mean, because, (laughs) you know, his his position in running the Congressional Campaign Committee and all that, and the Mm -hmm. polls have been showing uh, razor-thin margins in um, his district, the 32nd. I, I believe Hillary Clinton actually won his district What's your feeling there? Do you think there's a good chance that we could flip a seat like that in Texas? I absolutely think there's a very good chance we're going to flip that seat. I think that seat and Texas 7 down where uh, Culberson is, I think those are two seats uh-huh. that we're probably going to pick up. That's, that's where my money is. And I say that uh, because, again, we're looking at unprecedented voter turnout, and so many of these new voters are, are unregistered, unidentified in terms of party affiliation, and, you know, the early vote is just off the charts. I'm, I'm thinking that Culberson and Sessions are both going down. Now, Culberson is down around Houston, right? He the is. He's running is against the – yeah, that's a woman named Lizzie Panel Fletcher. She is a, she is yeah. a lawyer. Yep, and she has won a very smart, very disciplined, very tight campaign. Yeah, and I wish her very well. I understand she is just a marvelous candidate. With that, I'm going to thank you and throw it back to David. David? Yes, well, I'm just going to ask kind of a speculation question and kind of two-sided either way. Um, uh, Whether, I mean, whichever way this race runs, comes out. Ted Cruz wins re-election. He loses. And then, of course, Beto O'Rourke, he's become such a national figure. Ted Cruz already was. Um, If they win or lose, each of them, kind of where do you see them going from here? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think that Beto uh, has done a really nice job of setting himself up. Uh, If he loses, if he loses, I think he's done a nice job of setting himself up for a shortlist for VP in 20. Um, I think that he's got, you know, like we talked about earlier, he's got that Elvis, that, that kind of star power. He's pulled in so much money, and in a state like Texas, that could really, really help in, in a couple of years. Um, so if he loses, he's already said, you know, he's, he's relinquishing his seat in Congress. Um, so he'll have some free time on his hands. Maybe he does the, the sort of Jason Kander tour of the United States and lets people know, you know, what he thinks. Uh, as for Cruz, I I don't have the slightest idea. I think the man probably runs for president again. Um, 
everything I've seen from him kind of indicates that, you know, like, seriously, think about it. Let's pretend he loses. After that, what has he got to lose going forward? He, he's got two options, either try to maintain this big public profile and try to keep being on this national stage, or he can just hang back and be a rich lawyer. Um, I know which one I would choose. But uh, everything <laughs> we know about Ted Cruz is that that man likes the spotlight. He likes to be a rabble rouser. He likes to piss people off. Um, and be contrary, and so you know, I shoot. I, I think he tries to take on Donald Trump again. Okay, you covered that side real well. Now you, you kind of alluded if Better O'Rourke loses, he could become, run for VP. If he wins, mm-hmm. could he run for P? I don't know if I recall it that, but could he <laughs> run for president? Uh, and with just two years in the Senate, I mean, he'd almost immediately get sworn in and have to go to Iowa. Uh, I mean, does he have that kind of star power where he could even shorten Barack Obama's timeline? Uh, Possibly, but the great thing and the thing that I love about Beto is that he's been real clear about his intentions. When when he got into Congress, he was like, I'm going to term limit myself out. I'm not going to be a career, you know, congressman. And that's exactly what he did. And when people asked him, when the Texas Tribune recently asked him, would you serve your complete term? you know, in the, in the U S Senate, I believe he said yes. Um, so, you know, my money is on him, you know, living up to his word because he is that kind of guy, believe it or not. Um, which I know is just so, so crazy when we're talking about politicians these days. Uh, I, I think he, I think he served his term in the Senate. Maybe he runs for reelection, maybe he doesn't, but I don't see him making a move in 20. I think he, he appreciates that his position in the U S Senate in Texas is entirely too important. Uh, to to jeopardize it because if he were to relinquish that seat, you know it's probably just going to go back to a Republican. Yeah, and, and then um, I do have a quick idea for you. If, if Ted Cruz were to lose, and the White Castle thing doesn't work out, he could always go back <laughs> to Calgary, and I'm sure Donald Trump uh, would really help him try to run against Justin Trudeau since um, uh, <laughs> you know, he's not a fan of Trudeau, and of course Calgary Ted's got that dual citizenship, so. Um, he could Ladies he could try that if let's he needs not to. put that out there. No, no, we do not. Why would we input that on Canada? We're not going to do that. You hush, hush. You take that back. <laughs> well, you that get rid of in Texas. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to. Oh, maybe they would build a wall if they did that. Somebody else's problem. they would build their own wall if if we tried that trick. Um, well, let me and make sure, Catherine, she said she might have a question, so let me go back to Catherine real quick. Catherine? Right. Well, I just wanted, I just wondered if there were any um, other races, um, either in Texas or, or around the country, that you think are worth, uh, you know, some attention or if you think are really interesting and um, sort of grasping your attention and that's something that our listeners might enjoy hearing about. Well, y'all are based in Georgia, right? Y'all have one yeah. hell of a gubernatorial race on your hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, well, you Did I read it that you went to school here at Georgia State? I did. I did. I went oh. to Georgia State. I also went to Agnes Scott College for a little while. Oh, okay. wow. Well, good. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, you know uh, the lay of the land a little bit. Oh, I do. I do indeed. In fact, I'm actually, uh, so I'm working for the uh, lieutenant gubernatorial candidate on the Democratic side. I'm working for Sarah Riggs and Nico as well. And so I've been, I've been following all of those races really, really closely. And the polling, I mean, it's, it's just 
astounding. I'm so excited about Stacey Abrams. I really think, I mean, she's, she's got a lot of that Elvis too, you know, she's got some serious star power and I, you know, if, if, well, if she certainly attracts you know, some serious star power, <laughs> you're not you know. kidding. Oprah and, uh, and Obama Oprah, yeah. and, uh, Michael, Michael J. Michael B. Jordan was down there uh, block walking for her. Will Ferrell was block walking for her. That woman can bring in the talent. Um, so that's one I'll definitely be paying attention to because, boy, you want to talk about your razor thin margins. I just I can't even believe it's in play. I'm really excited to watch that, and I'm, I'm thinking good things are going to happen for the Dems in Georgia this cycle. Okay. Well, that's oh, thank you. That's, we think so too. <laughs> well, I All right. Well, well, Sonia. Yeah, I, I learned a lot about politics, but I didn't even realize when we were booking you for the show, you went to Georgia State, uh, graduated there. I have my all of my masters and specialists from there too. So small world. Oh, indeed, I love Georgia State. Yeah, well, it's probably changed a lot since you've been there. I don't know if you've heard, but you probably get the alumni book like I do, whatever that is. They send out. <laughs> yeah, well, um, a little bit. I do. We want to wish. Yeah. Um, wish you the best of luck on Tuesday. Thanks for all the hard work and the absolutely phenomenal uh, ads that have come out. And we want to be able to call on you in the future um, uh, to talk about Texas politics because I have a feeling Texas is going to get more and more persuadable and more and more purple throughout the years. Well, I certainly think you're right. And uh, and I would love to be on again. Y'all are fun. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> We try. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Thank <my> you. <laughs> All right. Thank you again. That was Sonia Van Meter of um, Stafford Research and the FTC. Um, we'll, we'll leave it at that, PAC, uh, working to let good Democrats in Texas, we'll say, uh, at the top of the ticket. Well, it only makes sense um, that we go ahead and make our Texas prediction uh, right now for Senate, uh, I don't think we have them on our governor's list. Um, so let's go ahead and do that. Um, Tim, uh, what are you thinking on this Texas race? Oh, O'Rourke's closing. It's it's under five points. I I just I I hate to say this, but I I just get this feeling that he's just not quite going to make it. I I think he's he's going to lose by around uh, four or five points. Okay, Catherine. I think he's going to win, but I didn't really think about by by what. So I have him as a winner on my list. Yeah, um, margins get tough, guys. He was what nearly ten points down uh, a few weeks ago. He was eight points down every poll. I don't know what the average was, and then just in the last two or three polls, he's tied. And then we read today that the. 18 to 29 early vote is up almost 500% in Texas. Uh, it's just another indication of this Democratic wave. And I think he's going to win, you know, just like a point or two, nothing much. Uh, you might have to get the decimals out, like, just like the Georgia race. And I think he's going to win, and he's going to be a, a key to what's going to happen um, nationwide with a lot of these Senate races. So... Um, that's my predict- prediction on Texas. Um, and, and Beto O'Rourke, I want to go ahead and tell you, don't worry, because Tim made a prediction on Sunday uh, a few days ago, and he picked the Redskins over the Falcons. So he's already 0 for 1. 
Catherine, you had the Falcons, right? So, I, you know, I don't talk about football. You and me already up. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you and me already up. So. I don't. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I was trying to I'll, up, I'll take your word for it. I tried, tried to get on film. I know. But l- let's let's say the T's. Um, Tennessee. This is a race much like Texas that was just looked like we didn't have a chance that uh, Marsha um, Blackburn was going to beat Phil Bredesen, the last statewide Democrat elected in Tennessee, uh, incredibly popular governor. And now the polls have tightened, uh, pretty much tied, if you believe the latest poll. Um, Catherine, your thoughts on Tennessee? Well, but here's an, this is going to be a little of a hint. I think Bredesen's going to win, which is probably, if you've been listening to me, probably indicates that I think the Democrats are strong around the country, and I think he's going to win. I don't know by how much. Yeah. Um, uh, Tim, your thoughts on Tennessee? Again, he has been closing like gangbusters, but I think he just has a little bit too far to come, and I just don't think he's quite going to um get there um gonna lose barely but i believe he's gonna lose okay i think he's gonna win and he's gonna win close but what's so weird is he's gonna win in a completely different fashion than better or work does than stacy abrams does than other folks we'll talk about later do I think that, um, you know, he's going to get a lot of folks that may vote Republican in the congressional race, may vote Republican in the governor's race. Some of those ticket splitters that thought he was a good governor um, and maybe just doesn't have a very high opinion of her, maybe they've been talking to John Rowley. Um, and so I think that's why uh, he's going to just have a totally different playbook because it's just going to show you can win more than one way around the country. Um, next Senate race, Florida. Uh, the guy that all summer we had on the endangered species list, Bill Nelson, um, I'm going to predict he wins and wins a lot more than we ever thought he would. Um, Catherine, your thoughts on Bill Nelson? I agree. I think he's going to win well. Yep. Uh, Tim? Nelson by two or three points. Well, yep. that's a good, uh, let's go that's to... a good win these days. Yeah, I mean, win's a win. That's six more years. That's a, that's a long time. Um, and then the next one would be North Dakota, um, one of the uh, seats that we're defending. Um, Catherine, your thoughts on North Dakota? I had a hard time with this, um, but I did go for hike camp. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not 100% confident in that. Okay, uh, Tim, she's done. She's beat. There's no way. And and I'll go ahead and tell you that I really sure do wish she could win. She had uh, a file of courage, if you will, standing against Brett Kavanaugh. And I I would rather her win than some other Democrats here and there in different races. The the demographics in North Dakota are just too bad. Um, uh, they're, They're moving in new voters that are just the epitome of Republican politics, and that's too much to overcome. Uh, next one, another Democratic incumbent in Missouri. Um, Tim, your thoughts there? 
Woo! Boy, that one's tight. But somehow, some way, I think McCaskill's going to pull this thing out, and it's going to be close. But I believe she's going to. I, I believe she's going to pull it out. Yep. A cat has nine lives, and Claire McCaskill probably has ten. She is the luckiest <laughs> politician I have ever seen. She always is up in the right year and gets the right opponent. And now she's got a guy that won't go on meet the press, um, won't take all that free time because apparently there's some kind of uh, issue going on with his campaign. Um, Catherine, your thoughts on Missouri? I think she's going to lose. Okay. Could be. Um, I think Holly's going to win. Could be. I, I, mean, I just feel like yeah. I feel the way um, Tim feels about um, High Camp. I feel about McCaslin. I just feel like she's. She may have nine lives. I think she's used them up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hate, and I hate to think this. that. Yeah. Um, if, if you look at Missouri, you've got uh, uh, St. Louis and Kansas City that are going to be friendly to her, and then you've got something probably worse than North Dakota in between for Democrats. Um, so, so that is a very tricky state. Um Let's go ahead and let's do let's do the Missouri. Uh, I'm sorry, the Missouri. Let's do Mississippi, and that's tricky because you got two big Republicans and a Democrat, and probably some more characters. That that Sean O'Hare guy's probably on the ballot, like he is for every other race in Mississippi. Um, what are your thoughts there, Tim? Uh, well, I believe we are going to have ourselves a runoff in that race. Uh, I believe that. Uh, the Republican vote's going to be split enough that nobody's going to get 50%. Espy's going to make the runoff. Uh, of course, then I believe we'll we'll lose the runoff, but uh, I believe that race is going to a runoff. Yeah, Finally, um, Tim and I, I agree. <laughs> well, go ahead. I, I, I agree with you, Tim. I, th- I think you're, we're going to have a runoff. It's, that's a, some kind of crazy race, like – Mm-hmm. It's always crazy in Mississippi. Mississippi is such an odd little outlier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and, I agree. David, what I do you think, think? I think it's going to be a runoff, too. I will say this. I think um, Mike Espy's going to have the plurality on the first election, and we don't have to give our second round on that one because it's going to go into a runoff, and it may become the center of the political universe um, for the next few weeks if it's the only game in town other than maybe some state senate race somewhere. Um, and so it, it will get a ton of attention, and it will always get that on the Cubs line too. Um, two more senate races I listed down. Uh, Arizona. Um, Catherine, your thoughts on Arizona? I think McSally is going to win. I just think Arizona okay. is tough, and I think that the loss of McCain this year is going to make the Republicans feel like they want to elect another Republican. Your thoughts on Arizona? Um, McSally, uh, if you'd asked me a month ago, I believe I would have said she was going to win. She has not been ahead in a public poll now in over three weeks. I believe Kirsten Cinema is going to win. Barely. I hope you're right. Hmm. Kirsten Cinema's going to win, too. Uh, McSally seems to be a little bit of a, a, a dull candidate. I know that's what they wanted compared to the other two, but 
Um, she just, you, like you know, said, she you, just you, you never know what we're going to be talking about after this is over if cinema wins. We're going to be asking why did Donald Trump not get on Air Force One and go out there? Yeah. Uh, and that may be because McSally was never kind of on board to him. He may have made a promise to Sheriff Joe or something saying that uh, <laughs> he wouldn't support her if he got if he well, got beat. You know, that's man. Yeah, it could um, be. Could who be. knows? I don't know. Yeah, and the last one we got on the Senate side, Nevada. Mm. Oh, I'm so, I need to ask. I didn't say one of y'all. Well, Tim, go ahead, Nevada. Okay, election night. This one may be the closest Senate race of the bunch. Public polling right now has these people anywhere from two-tenths of a point to a half a point separating them, but because of the reports we've been getting about early voting in the Vegas area in Clark County and uh, piling up the votes for Democrats, you know what? I believe Heller is going to lose. I believe we're going to win that seat. I believe Rosen's going to be. Yeah, Yeah, and then I I agree, too. I think think, um, Rosen wins. To me, that seat... Has gotten very little attention, uh, guys. As I do this list, I noticed there was because I don't think West Virginia is even in play. One more seat, no. I guess we should mention, but um, is uh, New Jersey. I didn't put on the list, and if you're not prepared to make the prediction, I understand. Um, New Jersey shouldn't be in play, but our candidate is so flawed, um, he puts it in play. Um, I think he'll win. Be if somebody did have to lose, I'd take Heidi Heidenkamp over that over him any day. Um, Catherine, you, any thoughts on New Jersey? I haven't thought much about it. Um, on the, on the, on, uh, this week, this morning, the prediction was that he would, that the Democrat, what, what's his name, would win. So. Torch, Torch Yeah, Torch going to win. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Menendez. Um, and then. Menendez. Yeah, Menendez. Menendez. Well, they've had, other than Bill Bradley, it seems like a, a parade of characters that have uh, not been the most wholesome. Um, <laughs> and I guess Lautenberg, they pulled him back after one of them couldn't serve anymore. Um, T- Tim, your thoughts on that New Jersey race? Uh, yeah, he's going to win by eight to ten points. Okay, I, and I'm sorry I forgot that one. Uh, should we stay with the statewide races or give our house prediction and then go to the other one? We probably will go a few minutes over. Um, so... You do, do house. the house. You tell us. <laughs> I like it. Let's do house. Uh, let's do the let's do the number there. Um, Tim, what? How many? I, I'll phrase it this way. I can't imagine the Democrats don't pick up seats. So we'll say, how many seats do the Democrats pick up? I say we pick up thirty six seats and win the house. Okay, Catherine. I said thirty eight and win the house. I say. 50. I think more seats Whoa. have been in play. I think Whoa. the polling, it, 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 the trend is going to go our way. I looked David. at that. I looked at that 538 forecast, and that 538 forecast, the dead on number was 39. That's like the average. And then 50, actually, maybe it'd be like 52 is the high end. And I said, 51. the high end. I, I mean, if we're going to win Texas and we're going to win uh, Tennessee, then we're probably going to pick up a whole lot more out seats than we thought. 
So it, it, I'm, I'm trying to keep my prediction in line. So anyway, we pick up the House, and that's critical because that pretty much stops, you know, Donald Trump and the Republicans from just, you know, laying waste to our nation with their agenda. Uh, Firing Robert Mueller becomes near impossible at that point without, you know, some new investigation being launched. So that that's probably the most critical piece on a na- nationwide scale of anything we'll talk about. Um well, let's get into governor's races. Of course, we've already done Georgia, Florida. Um, Catherine, your thoughts on Florida? I think Gillum's going to pull it out. I don't know by what, no. by how much. I just, I have a good feeling about him. Yeah, um, I think he's going to win too. I think he is uh, one of the two or three most dynamic candidates this year. Um, I, I, he kind of came out of nowhere, as we kind of saw Beto O'Rourke and Stacey Abrams and a few others coming, we didn't really see him coming. And when he won that primary, uh, he has had more momentum than probably anybody. Tim? Well, comparing it to the Senate race, Gillum, to me, is a better candidate than Nelson, and DeSantis is definitely a worse candidate than Scott. So we're going to win the governor's race by a little bit more than we're going to win the Senate race by. You know you're desperate when you have to get Sonny to campaign for you. I mean, I don't think Brian Kemp has to campaign for him. That's pretty sad Oh, oh! I mean, that's you know. I, I think if he had to choose between that and that guy's van, he might have chosen that guy's van. Um, it's bad. Um, okay, let's go to Ohio. I think their uh, governor's race is far, far more interesting than their Senate race. Um, Catherine, your thoughts on Ohio? Oh, I think the Democrats' Cordry is going to take it. I think Ohio yes, um, voters in Ohio are really mad at Donald Trump. I think they've been, they felt, they feel like they've been fed a um, constant diet of uh, lies, and I think they're going to react. Yeah, there's a lot of those Midwestern states think if they could get a refund on Donald Trump, they'd be asking for one, and the Electoral College yeah. would flip with those states. Um, well, I agree, Ohio Democrats. Uh, Tim? Oh, yeah, Ohio, that is a pickup for us. We're going to win that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, another one of those states that I, I think is not with Donald Trump like they were, unfortunately, on election night. Wisconsin, Tim, I gotta let you have the first prediction on this one. Oh yes, and I'm gonna love it. Uh, this race uh, has blown open and then it's <clears throat> tightened up. It's blown open and it's tightened up. But I believe at the end of the day, the voters are a little bit weary of Scott Walker. And I believe he is going down. Me too. And what a great moment that will be. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the Republicans, um, Claire McCaskill, if he could have managed to run for reelection two years ago, he might have survived another term. Um, but, you know, he'll have plenty of time to work on his college education, finishing that up. Uh, now that he wants the uh, day job to hold him back. Um, the next one will be, Catherine, your home state of Michigan. Just like I gave Tim Wisconsin, i got to give you Michigan first. Well, I'm going for Whitmer. Um, I have a friend who worked for her, 
and um, she's a really good candidate and apparently very well-liked. So I think she's going to win. Yes, Tim, and I agree, and I think she's going to win pretty comfortably, maybe by double digits, but darn close to it if it's not. Yeah, and I would be interested to know more about that race and how Michigan politics are going after the fact because, to me, that's a state – it didn't even need Donald Trump to um, at the governor's level, given that the current Republican governor uh, presided over the Flint River – over the Flint um, – uh, Michigan water crisis, um, that seems like uh, it would be ripe to switch party hands based on how that fiasco. Um, well, mm-hmm. two states that I don't think any of us thought would ever be ones we'd be <clears throat> taking our time to predict, uh, Kansas. Um, Tim, what's the matter with Kansas? Oh, boy. Well, Kansas, what's the matter with Kansas is sound brown back. Do I need to say any more? I mean, <laughs> he ran that state just right off into the ditch. And if the Republicans do survive in Kansas, it's going to be by about a point or two. And I think that's exactly what they're going to do. <clears throat> that's, that's my Catherine, well. Kansas? You, you said the Republicans Kovacs yes. Yeah, yeah, I think oh, he's going to barely pull it out That's scary I, I mean Because uh, uh, he is a very scary individual Because he believes A lot of this same rhetoric That a lot of these white nationals do But then he has mm-hmm. a much more Polished um, Presentation of it um, You know, that that's Because he was on Glenn Thrush's podcast a few years ago, and he explained, you know, some of the wall stuff and how um, Mexican, you know, citizens or whatever, or people that came over would pay for the wall. And, and it wasn't just, you know, Donald Trump bumper sticker nonsense. I mean, it was like, I won't say well-reasoned, but it was articulate. I mean, it was coherent, if you will. And so so I hope he loses, and I actually will predict that he will lose, oh, I hope and it'll be loses. kind of one of those shocks. Uh, of the of the night, and the last uh, prediction we're going to give is going to be Oklahoma. Uh, maybe ran <laughs> the last few presidential cycles, maybe the most Republican state. Uh, but their governor, uh, the Republican nominee, because the current governor Mary Fallon is not running again and very unpopular. Um, how do you think that's going to turn out, Catherine? I think that the that Edmondson is going to pull it out, but I think it's going to be. Uh, it's like I have an asterisk by it, so I, so I think it's it it might be the least likely win of the night, but I think it's possible. I think it's going to be a six point Republican win. Oh, yeah, I really wish that you know Democrats would win this to send a message about teacher salaries and and whatnot. Um, I hadn't seen any more polling than what I saw. Um, so I kind of think this is one where the Republicans may hold it, where they don't hold Kansas, uh, their nominees less controversial. Um, so that may help them kind of, um, you know, return to their roots, if you will. But, you know, we shall see. And if that one goes the other way, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, well guys, it should be an exciting election night. And next week, um, we will have plenty to discuss and analyze from what happened. Good night, guys.
Good night, y'all. Night, everybody.